Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Puzzle Piece Media Podcast. I'm your host, Namaya Wilson. Thank you for tuning in and taking the time to listen. If you haven't already, you can find me all over social media. Either search my name or the podcast name, and you can like or follow or whatever it tells you to do and stay in the loop. And you can do the same thing on all your podcast platforms, and you can subscribe or follow the podcast, whatever it tells you to do. You can leave a five-star review. You can leave a rating, five stars preferably. Do all that stuff. It's greatly appreciated. But now that we've got that out of the way, we're going to dive into today's show, which is going to talk about Greek life, uh, particularly sororities. I was lucky enough to pledge a fraternity when I was at college. And just like I always say, when I have people from my University of Evansville days, I uh, make sure I make the distinction that my guest today went to the University of Evansville <laughs> while I was there, uh, not really going to college at the same time. But I was there. I lived on campus. I just wasn't as academically focused as I probably could have been or should have been. But be that as it may, I have a old friend, Courtney George, with me this evening. Courtney, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We tried this once, had a few technical difficulties. I think I've gotten those straightened out. But for anybody listening that may not know who you are, I'll let you give yourself your own introduction and rundown, and then we'll go from there. All right. Well, like Namaya said, I am Courtney George. I was, I am a member of Zeta Tau Alpha. I went to the University of Evansville and graduated in 2006 with a degree in elementary education. I am no longer a teacher, but am now a cosmetologist. Awesome. Awesome. Um, you said, so you graduated 2006, which mm-hmm. I think... That puts you a year ahead of where I should have been, because I think I would have been the graduating class of 2007. Had I okay, made, had that, I, that sounds about right. <laughs> had I made it that far. Um, and so I think I don't have a accurate recollection of when exactly we first met, but it would have been obviously my first semester there, fall 2003. Um, mm-hmm. I dated a Zeta for most of my time. Uh, mm-hmm. there so I was around you ladies a lot I'm trying to think were you did you do any sort of were you an orientation leader or any anything like that that year no um so my freshman year I lived in Hughes Hall which was a co-ed dorm and I quickly made friends with a lot of the guys that lived in that dorm and I want to say like 75% of the guys I was friends with all joined SIGET. So I was kind of just always over there, you know, studying with the guys that I had classes with or just, you know, watching movies. So it's very likely that, you know, we probably met at Passover or just some random time at the house. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, SIGET, for those of you that don't know, that was the fraternity that, I was a part of that I pledged when I was there. And like she said, she she had sort of fallen in with SIGEP guys her freshman year, so she was at the house a lot. Um, I dated a 
a member of Zeta Tau Alpha while I was there. So I was around her sorority a lot. And so that's just kind of how our paths crossed. Um, going, going. Uh, in- and I mean, the campus wasn't large either. So you kind of just knew everybody without really ever meeting them. You just kind of knew them because, I mean, when you live on a one square mile block. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of know everybody, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, I think you, when we were there, I think they, what, right around, around 2,000 or so people? Does that, 2,000 or so students, does that sound about right? That might be generous, even. Okay, sure. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, you know, it was a small campus, so even if you hadn't officially met somebody, you kind of just knew who they were. Yeah, you kind of see people, like you said, in the dorms that, you know, obviously you may not know or people you have in class or just various places on campus like you said it's a small Mm -hmm. pretty small campus so a lot of intermingling going on Mm -hmm. what what was your experience like coming in as a freshman did you have any any thoughts on greek life going in or what was your first exposure to that um i went i went through recruitment very unsure of what Greek life really was. Um, there wasn't a lot of positive press about Greek life because right around that time, there was a show called Sorority Life on MTV and it just showed you know, a lot of partying, a lot of hazing. And so it wasn't something my parents were necessarily on board with. And it took some convincing just to, you know, kind of get their approval to go through recruitment because I'm from a very small town in Northern Indiana. You know, it's a rural area. So a lot of people don't go off to college or they stay, they stay home to work on the family farm or for the family business. So our exposure to Greek life or really college was very limited. Um, But I went to Evansville basically by myself. I didn't know anybody there. And so I wasn't going to go through recruitment, but a lot of the girls on my floor were. And so I got talked into it. And at the end of the day, I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll just meet some new friends because, you know, I didn't know anybody. And uh, yeah, so I went through recruitment and lost my voice in the process. So how (laughs) I even got a bid, I'm not even sure because I don't feel like I was able to talk to a single soul that whole week. But well, at, at least, the end at least of you didn't recruitment, say anything wrong. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't say anything at all. So at the end of recruitment week, I received a bid from Zeta Tall Alpha. I signed my bid, and now I'm a forever member. Great, great. Um, and you know, I don't know how it is. You may be able to actually tell me since you're you're still more involved in you know involved in it still in later mm-hmm. years. I know at Evansville, sorority recruitment was very quick, was it not? Like, I want to say it was first or second week of school, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, there wasn't a lot of time um, to even get your bearings on campus before you were thrown into recruitment, which was a very hectic and quick process itself. Yeah, yeah, because I know, you know, fraternity recruitment, we're... We're probably a month or so in at that point. Oh, yeah. You guys had some time. So, you know, you were, we were able to sort of, like you said, especially as freshmen, sort of 
get our bearings about us, um, meet people on campus. Cause I know that, you know, when freshmen get there, it's, it's mainly just freshmen for that first week of orientation. And then, mm-hmm. you know, other people start slowly trickling in, you know, before classes start. So we're able to get around and meet people a little bit mm-hmm. before recruitment officially starts. And I know, um, uh, recruitment you know for fraternities it unofficially starts on day one but that's before the official process with all the rules and regulations and all that oh, yeah. stuff kicks in so you're able to play you know I think soccer is the first intramural sport so you're able to get on soccer teams with people and kind of hang out so yeah yeah so like you said with with sorority recruitment starting so quick what what can you tell me about that process? Because obviously I've never been on that side of things. I've known people that have gone through, but. Um, so well, sorority recruitment actually looks a lot different now than when I went through. There's been a lot of changes that um, the National Panhellenic Council has made. But uh, when I went through in 2002, um, Evansville had four sororities and so the first night you went and visited all four sororities and same with the second night um then on the third night was skit night and you had to be invited back to that and you could be invited back to three I believe so um sororities were allowed to make cuts of potential new members but you were also able to make a cut too so if you received an invitation to all four you could only accept three Hmm. so you it it was kind of a matching process you know the sororities could you know cut people who didn't fit um things that they were looking for so if you didn't have a high enough gpa you know things like that um but you were also able to make that choice because it needed to be a mutual fit right and so then the fourth night was called preference night and you had, you were only allowed to choose two. Okay. Um, so you got to eliminate a little bit each time. And so um, it was, it was possible that you could receive a bid from both places that you went to on preference night, but obviously you could only accept one. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, that's interesting that it sort of cuts down, you know, there's a matching process throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I know at the time fraternity recruitment was pretty wide open. Um, yeah. we did our, we would do our house tours and cause I think the biggest rule, one of the biggest rules was you had to visit each house at least once. Mm-hmm. And so they would do house tours on, I think Saturday maybe, or it might've been Sunday, whatever day it was, but they would do house tours for everybody going through. And if you did house tours that, that um, met that requirement that you had visited each house and then there would be a night for you to go to each house and then your pref, your preference night at the end of the week. And then, but you could get bids from as many uh, fraternities as wanted to give you bids. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's interesting. I don't think I knew that the as far as the matching process throughout the week. Um, 
so how has that changed now? Okay, so um, I obviously have not been involved in a recruitment process in a number of years, but one of the biggest changes, and I think this one sticks with me because it was always my favorite night, um, was that they have eliminated, they've gone to a no frills recruitment. So one of the biggest changes that a no frills recruitment has made was there's no longer skit nights. So on that third night of recruitment at Evansville, girls were able to visit the chapters on campus and the initiated members of whichever sorority they were visiting would put on a little skit to kind of educate them about what the sorority was, their background, what they stand for, what their philanthropy is, kind of make it entertaining Mm-hmm. without somebody screaming in, in their face <laughs> all week. Um, so, so now that no longer exists. Okay. And I was always very heavily involved with skit night because I had a dancing background and I was a yes, a yes girl. I never said no to anything. <laughs> so when people would ask me to do something, as far as Zeta was concerned, there was never a no. It was always, yes, I'll do that. So I was in skit sophomore, junior, senior year. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's it's always good to have yes people around. And <laughs> good point, yes. <laughs> people that you know are gonna are gonna help out. So so what was it that drew you to to Zeta? Um honestly one of the biggest things that sticks out in my mind, I mean, given this, that this has been, you know, 21 years ago, (laughs) um, I actually met the girl who became my big sister before recruitment. Um, I met her at the get on the second floor (laughs) and we just kind of sat there and chit chatted and, you know, she was from Texas. So she was also, you know, far from home and came to Evansville, not knowing anybody. So we kind of just had a lot in common from the get go. And she picked me up at the door one of the nights um, that I visited Zeta. And I just, I don't know, I just felt different about that particular chapter than I did the others. So I, I really felt more at home there. Right. That's which sounds so cliche because everybody always says that same thing, but it's so true. It, you know I, where you feel comfortable. Yes. It, I mean, it is, is, it's a very cliche thing to say, like, you know, I just felt comfortable there because, you know, like you said, with, you know, the skit night that, you know, you guys did back then, mm-hmm. of, you know, all the, the information. I mean, when you, when you, when you look into it and I don't know specifics about, different you know different fraternities and different sororities but i know they all have their their principles and things that they were founded on Mm -hmm. and i don't think any of those things are necessarily bad things like i don't think you're gonna you know sit through any sort of be it a speech or a skit and they tell you this is what we stand for and you're gonna listen to it and go nah that don't that don't sound like a good thing like no, I mean, and out of all, all the four sororities, all four of them had a very great philanthropy. They, you know, none of them had anything that they stood for that was, like, revolting. You know, ooh, I don't want to be a part of that. Right. It was just 
where you felt the most comfortable at the end of the week. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and that's what it, that's what it does boil down to for, you know, anybody listening, um, you know, I don't know, you're the age group of people that may be listening, whether you're preparing to go to college or have kids, you know, getting ready to go to college or will be in a few years, which sounds insane to say that, you know, I'm in that position that I have a child that'll be going to college in a few years. Um, right, right. But, you know, I mean, it is, at the end of the day, it's all about feeling comfortable and finding a space that you feel safe in. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, that's this, it was the same thing with me joining, joining SIG up, you know, I mean, I can, I can, I could give you a, a, a company speech about, yeah, I, you know, I really, I really valued the, the principles that they stood for. But like I said, I don't think any of the principles that anybody stands for and builds their fraternity or sorority around are going to be bad things that you just look, listen to and say, yeah, no, that doesn't sound like how I want to live my life there. But it is just about feeling comfortable. Um, so tell me, you know, tell people that, you know, maybe listening about, about Zeta, about what it is that Zeta does stand for and what they do look for in their, you know, recruits and their sisters. Well, one of our big things is our philanthropy is centered around breast cancer awareness and education. So a lot of our philanthropic efforts is to, you know, raise money and raise awareness for that simple cause because so many men and women are affected by this because men and women both get breast cancer. And so it's not something that just affects, you know, your moms, your sisters, your aunts. It's somebody that it's something that can affect your father, your uncle, your brother. And so um, we we used to partner with Susan G. Komen and do Race for the Cure. Um, that partnership ended just a few years ago. And so now we have partnered with um, the American Cancer Society and we do um, a walk that is now it's free for people to participate in. And money raised is through, you know, donations and things like that. But we've also partnered with um, a program called Bright Pink, which helps you um, gauge your, it, it can kind of tell you what your chances are of getting ovarian or breast cancer based on your lifestyle, your genetics, you know, things like that. So that was one of the big things that stood out to me as well, because um, one of my mom's closest friends died of breast cancer when I was in high school. Okay. So I think that was another thing that kind of drew me in was how much effort they put towards early detection because there is no cure for any kind of cancer. So your best bet at, at, at surviving is early detection. So doing those self checks, you know, going to the doctor regularly. So um, that was one of the things that really stood out to me. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's good. Um, you know, like you said, I know early detection, you know, is very important in mm-hmm. in anything. But, it, you know, particularly particularly with cancer, you know, there is no cure. So the best, you know, the best bet is to, to catch it early. And, you know, like you said, a lot of people, a lot of people don't think about the fact that, that men can get breast cancer too. So Absolutely. That's, that's obviously something that's, 
not at the forefront of people's minds all the time. So, you know, I've always, you know, I've always thought that was a great thing. And, you know, Zeta's colors being, being, you know, pink being one of their colors and think pink and all that. It always mm-hmm. just, it always just seemed to fit to, you know, in my yeah. mind, even as an immature 18 year old, this just, you know, on a college campus when people are doing, you know, fundraisers and stuff on campus, the Zeta and the think pink, it just, it always did just fit in yeah. my mind. And it, it was a good slogan and it stood out and obviously, you know, people know what that is and what it stands for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're, I mean, and the impetus, that's a, that's a, that's a good word. That's a good word. The impetus <laughs> for uh, this conversation was, I saw you post that you're, you're actually going back to Evansville in a few weeks for uh, what's called big man on campus which is yes. their, their local fundraiser and, you know, for the philanthropy. Tell people about that because it's fun. Um, Big Man <laughs> on Campus is basically a pageant show for men, a pageant for men. So um, the men from the fraternities or groups on campus are put putting on a pageant. And so they go through different rounds and there's a winner at the end who will be deemed the big man on campus and there's a talent round there's an interview round you know just like you would see on you know miss america or miss usa and it's always very entertaining to see what these men come up with for their talents um one talent that has still stood out to me all these years was a gentleman that became our sweetheart later on he rewrote the song, uh, the words of the song to Hey Ya by Outkast and rewrote the lyrics so that it was breast cancer awareness centered mm-hmm. and he ended up winning. But we've had men who, like one man did a chubby bunny contest. Um, <laughs> um, a gentleman lip synced to She Thinks My Tractor's Sexy and did a little dance to that. You know, just little, whatever they can come up with that's appropriate <laughs> Hopefully. sometimes not yeah <laughs> we, we are talking about college kids here well to to help keep things you know kind of pg because it, there are families that come and watch um mm-hmm. a lot of the the active members in the sorority they bring their they invite their families to come watch so each of the gentlemen are um assigned a escort from Zeta and so they kind of help them prepare for the event so if they need to practice their talent or you know get advice on things they have a representative from Zeta to kind of help guide them so if they were going to do something that's a little too risque that representative could say "Mm, can we not (laughs) yeah let's let's pull that back just a little bit yeah yeah I was an escort one year um and my contestant was a soccer player and so his talent was juggling a soccer ball. So like with his, the high knees, you know, bouncing off of his toes, you know, off of his head, you know, things like that. Okay. So you, you had it pretty easy. You didn't have to, you didn't have to rein anybody in, you know, in that case. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no. but yeah the, I think, you know, I think looking back, you know, looking back on my time at Evansville, the, you know, fraternities especially, 
what's always in the media is, you know, about the parties and, you know, things like that. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend that we didn't do all those things. But I think some of the biggest nights on campus were when uh, the fraternities and sororities would do their philanthropies. Oh, um, for sure. For sure. You know, I know you those get, were the most fun, I think. Yeah, I know you guys, you know, did Big Man on Campus. We would do Sig Epagogo, you know. It was just, mm-hmm. you know, a dance contest. And I think, and like you said, people bring in their, you know, people bring their families. And it's it's just a always a fun night to, to be a part of. I know, you know, one year, the year I was there, I actually hosted Sig Epagogo, which mm-hmm. was, you know, really fun to do and nerve-wracking at the same time to stand up <laughs> in front of, you know, yeah, all, these, all these people, you know students and family members and like you said you know be entertaining and be funny but keep it you know keep it pg at the same time to Mm -hmm. you know entertain not only college kids but their parents little brothers and sisters that may be there it you know it can be a a tight rope to walk at times but it's because you have so many different targeted audiences watching Yes. Like you want to keep it entertaining and kind of walk that line at risque for, you know, your college buddies, because that's what they think is funny at that age group. Mm-hmm. But you also have like the moms and dads who may have your younger siblings in the audience. So you kind of have to walk that line, but you still want to make sure that you're hitting every target audience that are, that is watching. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, everything I ever went to, it was always a blast. It was always fun. Um, like I said, you know, I dated a Zeta for most of my time there off and on. We won't get into that relationship, but I spent a lot of time around, uh, around you guys when I was there and uh. always, always a good time. Um, I still brag to this day. I think I'm one of the few people, maybe the only person in history to go to a sorority formal, uh, without a date. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, that's impressive. <laughs> I, you know, I always put that feather in my cap, and those people, you know, the entire night, people, because I'd see people I knew, and they're like, "Oh, you know, who are you here with?" Because, you know, for sorority formals and you know fraternity formals, it's the members, and they bring a plus one, and those right. are the only people that are there. So, if there's a, you know, if the organization has fifty members. There's going to be a hundred people there because each of them brought a plus one. And so mm-hmm. I'm seeing people throughout the night be like, Hey, who, you know, who are you here with? No, I'm here by myself. I don't have a date. Like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, no, man, I'm just cool. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> well, I, mean, I kind of get it because I mean, I always was invited to SIG up events because I, I was friends, but I would separate from, you know, whichever friend I <laughs> was there with. And they're like, where's your date? Um, uh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I don't, you know, I don't even know if you, I don't know if you remember this story. I'm not going to, I'm not going to call names and, you know, put people on blast. But the reason I was there without a date was because my date was too intoxicated. And the president at the time would not let her go and get on the bus. But she I had spent enough time around you guys that she looked at me and she's like, dude, you're, you're dressed, Namaya. you're, you get along with everybody. If you still want to go, you can come, but she's not getting on the bus. And I was like, 
Yeah, sure. Let's go. <laughs> now, I have forgotten that had happened, but now that you tell the story, I do remember. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here. How? Okay. Yes, we really did like him, but how did he get on the bus? Because there's a list of names that like somebody had to have put his name on that list for him to get on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't crash it. I didn't sneak in right. through a back door, you know, I right. was just because, you know, I'd been around, I'd been around and met most everybody. And that's how I came to be invited in the first place was I was sitting Absolutely. around, sitting around with some people and, young lady was talking about she didn't have a date for the formal and somebody was like why don't you just take Namaya you know you guys are friends he knows everybody it's not you know you're not gonna have to babysit him you know the whole night and I was like yeah sure I'll go and she decided that she was gonna spend her afternoon um taking shots at Jack Daniels and chasing it with Jack and Coke and wasn't wasn't allowed wasn't allowed entry and I was so yeah. Well, good for the president at the time for following <laughs> protocol, because <laughs> I'm not sure that that always happens places. So I'm because I'm sure I was on EC. And so if protocol had not been followed, I'm sure I would have heard about it <laughs> and we probably would have been reamed. Right. It, you know, it happens. Yeah. It happens. It does. It does. We we've we've all. We've all been there. We all we all make those useful mistakes, but yeah. uh, you get through it. So, one of the things I that that I find interesting is since graduation, you have stayed involved with Zeta, and yes. I know a lot of you know I know a lot of people that do you know do fraternity life, do sorority life, you know throughout college, and they may they stay in touch with their brothers and sisters but they don't stay necessarily active with the organization. Right. What, what has kept you active throughout the years? Well, like I said earlier, um, I was a yes girl. Um, there was, there was not a lot that I said no to. Um, but one of the things that was one of my absolute goals was I wanted to be hired as a traveling leadership consultant through Z- ZTA. And what that is, is um, Zeta would hire a recent graduate and they would have that woman travel the country and you would go to different college campuses and help whichever chapter is at that college with something. So you could go and you would help with recruitment or officer training or team building, you know, with whatever that particular chapter needed to strengthen. Um, so that was one of my goals. We, we often had a traveling leadership consultant visit our campus. And so it always intrigued me and it always sounded like fun. So when it was time for me to build my resume for this position, it wanted you to list every extracurricular that you did within Zeta. And <laughs> mine was pages long. <laughs> because you were a yes girl. <laughs> yes. I mean, to the point where I would show up to a soccer game and laugh because, you know, 
our girls who were playing soccer would just let the ball roll by. And I would be like, oh, why are you doing that? And the coach being my roommate, she's like, well, if you think you can do better, come out and play. And I said, I will. And so I got roped into playing soccer all four years because of that. (laughs) You know, so I played the intramurals. I did all the philanthropy events. I did musical madness. I did take leadership positions on top of already existing leadership positions, you know, and then I was also involved in clubs outside of Zeta. So my extracurricular list when it came time to apply for this job was very lengthy. So I was chosen for the interview round of, for this job. And so I had to drive from Evansville up to downtown Indianapolis for this interview. And I sat across the table from this woman and she's going through my resume and asking me questions. And the first thing she says is, holy cow, when did you find time to study? (laughs) And I just kind of laughed and I'm like, I truly don't know. (laughs) Thankfully, I was an elementary education major. So a lot of my grades were, you know, internships or projects. So there weren't a lot of tests once I was out of my like gen ed courses. Right. But I, I just kind of looked at her and I said, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Cause I had a decent enough GPA. So, I mean, it wasn't spectacular because while I was a college student, I still maintained a very active social life there too, obviously with, you know, all the extracurriculars I did. So it wasn't the best that I could have done, but it was, it was good. It was good. It got me a job, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I was hired as a TLC. And so um right after graduating in July, my first task was to go to Houston, Texas for our national convention. Mm. And so I spent the week in Houston, Texas with the other women that were hired from around the country for this job. There were 12 of us, I believe. Mm. And then I came home for a couple weeks and then basically moved to Indy to start my training for this job. And so I basically lived at um, the Zeta Tall Alpha headquarters um, in Indy for about two weeks. And then we hit the road and it was, it was the most amazing, amazing job I've ever had. Awesome. Awesome. So you just basically, drove you know did you were on a almost a full-time college road trip basically yeah so I went from training in Indianapolis to Mississippi State and that was my first visit and it was also my first experience with a sorority house because the University of Evansville did not have sorority houses we had a suite Mm -hmm. and so I pull up to Mississippi State and these legions lived in a mansion (laughs) and I was like holy cow I am not in Kansas anymore because I had no experience with what it was like to live in a sorority house and so it was that first visit was a learning experience all around (laughs) yeah yeah I I I can't I can't really imagine that because I know it's 
it's it's enough for I think we our fraternity house I think house about 45 guys I think at the time mm-hmm. right around right around there 45 45 guys I can't imagine living in a house with 40 some odd teenage to early 20s young women in the same right. place that right. that has got to be a head trip and something to navigate in it in itself <laughs> uh yes <laughs> i mean i was there for about a week i was helping with um sorority recruitment so that that was a challenge in itself because the way that they did sorority recruitment looked different than what I had experienced at Evansville because there were a lot more sororities on campus. They were visiting houses, not suites, and they were getting, you know, a mini house tour one of the nights. And, you know, it just, it all about it was different. But I also got to see how the dynamics within the house played out and the girls that were living there, mm-hmm. especially during like a stressful time, like recruitment is. So, yeah, it it was it was it was a learning experience for sure. Yeah. And look, I just want to pat myself on on the back as a man for getting through that statement and comparison with, you know, without coming off too bad. I don't think I don't think <laughs> no, I, you, I don't think I came off too bad in saying that and it was it was a bit of a struggle to make sure I I said what I wanted to say without saying the wrong thing. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So, so what, so obviously your goal was to, to get this job and to do this. How long, how long did you do that? Your contract for that job was for one school year. Okay. So you were only, um, obligated to travel when the college campuses were on campus. Okay. And I mean, obviously like you could quit at any, any time, um, which the year that I traveled, none of us quit. All 12 of us made it from start to finish. Okay. But um, yeah, so when most of the schools were on spring spring break, we got a spring break. When they were on their winter break, we got a winter break. And so then our year basically ended late April, right before um, final exams for the spring semester started. And so we all got to go home, you know, end of April. So you basically got to do a year of college without the tests and the schoolwork. Yeah. I got to do the social <laughs> part of it for about a year, Jesus. which I mean, it was a job. Um, I was not there to, I was not allowed to hang out with the girls in the sense, like I could not go to parties with them. I could not consume alcohol with them. You know, I couldn't do those things. I could go to their social events. You know, I could go to the movies and that was it. But at the end of the day, like I was there to do a specific job. And so it, it was a lot of fun. It was very challenging. I learned a whole lot about myself and who I was as a woman. Um, Cause I mean, I traveled the country by myself. I was on a plane sometimes two, three times a week and having to navigate an airport 100% by myself, making sure I had arranged transport transportation from the airport to wherever I was going. So it, it was, it was a, 
it was a year. Yeah. <laughs> Say that. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta think two thousand seven. I mean, that's is security that's, at airports was still very tight. Yeah, and, and this is um, before the rise of Uber and yes. all these ride sharing. Pro- yeah, that, God, you don't. I remember because I lived out of suitcases. Um, because I was, I mean, I was gone for three months at a time. So everything that I needed clothing wise, hygiene wise, um, work wise had to fit into these two suitcases. And those two suitcases had to be less than 50 pounds. Mm -hmm. And so I had my large checking bag, you know, that one that you were like, okay, that has to be checked. It's too large for the overhead bins. And then I had a smaller one that I put most of my work materials in. So I, I mean, those two suitcases together take up a lot of room in a vehicle. Mm -hmm. And at one of the schools, I had a woman pick me up in a VW bug. (laughs) And brought a sister with her. Oh God. So here we were in the parking lot at the airport trying to figure out how not only I was going to fit in the back seat of this bug, but with my two suitcases as well. And my backpack, because I had my personal item as well. Yeah. So I carried a backpack. Did you guys, had you spent a lot of time playing Tetris before? <laughs> I mean, I am from the generation that had Snake on my Nokia phone. <laughs> yeah. So puzzle puzzle games were kind of a thing so we figured it out but when i spoke to the president who was kind of also in charge of making sure i had transportation lined up i said make sure you don't send the girl with the bug (laughs) i said there needs to be some some trunk space she said oh i never even thought about that and he said i know (laughs) i had never either either but that problem had never arise because nobody had ever picked me up in a bug before (laughs) it's one of those things you don't think about until you think about it yep and you think on your feet (laughs) yeah um so like i said so your your goal you know while you were in zeta you wanted to to get this job so being a yes girl had prepared your resume for that um Mm -hmm. you know after after no longer doing the tlc and moving uh, further into the adult world, if you will. Um, what do you think being a part of Zeta helped you with and taught you that you've, you know, carried with you and things that you were able to lean on as you did sort of grow up and become a real adult? Um, I really think it helped me with interviewing and being able to talk to other people and answer questions and be professional um, because that's that was my role for a whole year. Even though I was a 22-year-old, I still had to present myself as a full-blown adult, as a professional, somebody who could handle a crisis. So it definitely helped me prepare for that. I went into very few interviews actually nervous because I felt like I had a good grasp on what I was doing in life. So that definitely helped. And then networking, you know, using your connections when needed, that, that has definitely helped. Mm-hmm, 
Definitely. Which I know that's one of the things that I know fraternity members was like, you know, once you're a brother, you have connections everywhere. And it's true within the sorority world too. You know, if I'm traveling somewhere, I know somebody basically in all 50 states that I can reach out to and be like, hey, I'm going to be here. What do I need to know? Or, hey, I know somebody who is moving to the area. They're going to need a job. What do you have? Like, what's there? What's available? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that network. That network is, can be, you know, can be something else. Um, Just going, you know, going through being a part of fraternity, fraternity, I think it really helped me with getting along with different people and being able to fit into different environments when needed and like mm-hmm. you said being being comfortable i think is yeah. is a big thing i think because you know i think one of the things that i i learned was you know and i'm sure you know sororities have the same um same stereotype but you know fraternities have the stereotype of this this organization of it being all the same person. And that is definitely not, (coughs) definitely not the case with uh, fraternities and sororities. Like there's, if you've got 50 people, there's going to be 50 different personalities. Like it's not a, it's not a, a cookie cutter copy paste type deal. It's, it's all kinds of different people. Um, Absolutely. So I think that's one that's one big thing that's helped me to just Well and I think that's a big part of college too. Mm-hmm. But you know, with people within your classes or in your dorms, like I feel like if there was somebody that you didn't necessarily want to hang around with and but you could remain civil with those people because you weren't necessarily put face to face with them all the time. So if those people existed within your Greek organization, like you love your brothers, you love your sisters, you know, your forever members, like you love that connection, but there are people within your own chapter that you're like, yeah, I'd rather not hang out with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're not always going to vibe with every soul that you meet. So I think the great thing about Greek life is you are around those people that you have to be face to face with frequently and it kind of taught you how to be an adult and remain civil with people that you don't necessarily care for. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure there are people that didn't necessarily like my vibe in college either. Cause I'm sure I was a lot, I was, you know, you know, always on the go and kind of always happy and cheerful. And some people are not that way. <laughs> so yeah. I know people were like, Oh, Courtney <laughs> and you know, and that's fine. Um, but I will say that there were very few instances where somebody wasn't civil with me if they didn't like me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was a great thing. It, it kind of caused, it kind of pushed you to become a more mature adult. Very, very much so. Um, yes. I mean, your personality, I remember, you know, you know, being around you at Evansville, I don't think I knew that you were a yes girl at the time, but <laughs> it definitely makes sense now that I know it's like, oh, okay, she's, <laughs> she's that person. She's, she's, the, she's the, you were always, 
you know, every time I can remember, you're always happy. You're always bubbly and ready, you know, ready to do whatever people wanted to do. So being a yes girl definitely, definitely fit that. It makes sense. Um, I was never one to just sit, sit back and like watch other people do it. I wanted to be right there in the thick of it. Yes. So there was no FOMO for me <laughs> back then. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Um, <laughs> um, so as you know, as we wrap this up, um, once again, thank you for taking the time. Uh, it's been fun, been fun catching up and talking and hearing about your experience to anybody that may be, uh, curious or thinking about Greek life, be it for themselves, if they're going to be heading off to college or parents that may have kids approaching that age, what would you, what would you say to them if they're considering Greek life or what would you tell them to be, to be open to or to look for in making that decision? I would honestly say reach out to people that you know have been involved in Greek life because I will guarantee you that their experience within their organization is so much more than what you're hearing in the news and TV shows and movies because my experience within Zeta Ta Alpha was nothing like any movie has ever portrayed. You know, um, it was a lot more positive. It was a lot more influential. Um, and I still had fun. And not even in the ways that the movies say that I have fun. Like we talked about philanthropy events. Like those are the moments that stick out the most in my head. So I would say um, reach out to people that you know have gone off to college and have joined these organizations and talk to them about their experience because I think you'd get a better insight of what you're going into than relaying on the media. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that can be really helpful to get firsthand information as opposed to this, you know, the narrative being pushed by, like you said, the media, movies, TV shows. Yeah, I I can't think of any of any movies or TV show that I feel like accurately portrayed Greek life either. Um, Absolutely not. They a lot of movies they want to show. Oh, all these sorority and fraternity members do is party. They don't make grades, which. I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but like you have to maintain a certain GPA to remain a member in good standing in these organizations. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there, there were girls in other organizations that weren't allowed to be initiated because they did not make a certain GPA. I and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know anything about that, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we had to maintain a certain GPA to be in good standing. And so, no, we weren't, you know, failing out of college. We were pushed to do the complete opposite. We were pushed to, you know, make our grades and studying came first and our classes absolutely came first. Yes. And I, and you know, I, and I say this to people, the people I saw on campus that, that got the most wild weren't in Greek organizations. They were the unaffiliated or athletes. And so I'm like, it's not always the Greek members that, you know, do that. 
Yeah. It's it's anybody because we're all young adults away from home for the first time. Yeah. I don't think uh I never had an issue cuz I worked security for a lot of a lot of our parties and mm-hmm. I don't think I ever had an issue with anybody that was a member of a Greek organization. It No. It usually was it was the athletes now that I think about it. Yeah. But, so without calling out a specific sport um i remember and i think i was a senior and i was i was leaving a different fraternity organization's house because i was studying with somebody i was doing a project with and so it was like a random like tuesday night and these girls from a sport on campus show up on this random tuesday wearing lingerie and they were ready to party. And everybody's kind of looking at them like, we're just studying. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and they were already, they were intoxicated and they were in lingerie. And I'm thinking like, oh, what? <laughs> what is going on right now? <laughs> and yeah, they were athletes and not even involved in any Greek organization. But, you know, it's it's the sorority girls that have that reputation you know, I get the, oh, I'm not going to join a Greek organization because I don't want to be one of those girls. Well, what do you mean by one of those girls? Because <laughs> I'm not one of those girls that you're implying that I am. Yeah. No. And again, most of most of those girls were not Greek. Or, were no. Not Greek now, <laughs> that I, now that I think about it. But that's, you know, that's another <laughs> conversation for another day. Um, yes. <laughs> Uh, last, uh, last thing before we get out of here, um, philanthropy, um, Uh like I said, that's sort of what prompted this whole conversation. I know you're going back, uh, for big man on campus at Evansville. Um, Mm -hmm. one thing is there in today's technology, is there a way to watch that without being at Evansville? Do you know? You know, I am not sure what their chapter does anymore. I have not been back for a few years. Um, one of the main reasons why I'm going back this year is it's our 40th anniversary for Big Man on Campus. Oh, cool. So it's, you know, it's a big anniversary. And so um, I'm trying to get a lot of our alumni to go and be supportive. But I don't know if they do any kind of live streaming. So, I mean, that's a good question that I can ask their advisor. Okay. Yeah. And if they do, if they do, um, shoot it to me and I'll, I'll get those links posted for anybody that may want to watch. And also, is there, is there a place that you get, is there any sort of links that you have that people that may want to donate to the American Cancer Society or what was the other one you said? Uh, So when Zeta Hoffa does fundraising, through their collegiate chapters, um, all the money goes to the ZTA foundation uh-huh. first, and then they kind of divvy it up where that needs to go. So how much goes to the American Cancer Society? How much goes to Bright Pink? How much goes to, you know, scholarships or um, educational programming? So it kind of gets divvied up between um, different things that the foundation deems necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that they have an online link usually off the top of my head, I don't know what it is, but that's something I can also find out and send over to you. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I appreciate it. And like I said, I'll, I'll get those posted. So 
be you know be on the lookout for those links if you want to if you want to donate to the that foundation it could you know it goes to various charitable organizations especially uh breast cancer awareness um and maybe maybe it's a possibility there could be a link to watch uh big man on campus and if there's not a link to live stream it i'm i feel quite certain in 2024 that you can search uh search tiktok youtube various instagrams i'm sure you can find some hashtags where various chapters have posted at least short videos and things have gotten posted on social media because that's the world that we live in today um but once again courtney thank you for taking the time anything any last words you want to share uh just appreciate you listening to me talk for an hour about greek life (laughs) it was fun (laughs) no problem no problem i I like listening to people talk, especially about things that, you know, I enjoy, things that I'm interested in. Greek life definitely being one of those. So once again, thank you. Thank everybody out there for listening. Once again, if you haven't done so already, like the podcast, leave me a review, leave me a a rating, follow me on social media. I appreciate it. Courtney, once again, thank you. You have a good night. And everybody out there, I'll see you next week with a new episode.